Welcome back to Who That 242. I'm your host, Timmy. This is episode 32 or 33. I can't remember. Uh, you know, I'm um, trying to live our sponsor. You know, I got the shirt, I got the, the logo, but um, you know, come on the bigger better network. Today's guest is Tanisia Pratt. I got that right? I got that right? Yes, okay. <laughs> so we I, I've actually never met you in person. Like we always talk online and I know you was in marketing, the COB, but well, sorry, but UB, sorry, but for me, it was... <laughs> no, I did actually start when it was COB. Okay, okay. So yeah. I was a part of that transition phase. Okay. So yeah. you, you all like you little all like me. That's good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> I know about that, but okay, <laughs> we can go with that. So I know I know you mostly for the marketing and poetry. So talk to me. How did you got? How did you get into poetry? Well, um. I got into the spoken word scene around 2011. At the time, I was working in a shoe store, mm. and I met a friend, D'Angelo. I think you probably know him. He was a spoken word artist. With the big, with the bad. Right. I mm. always wrote poetry on my Facebook, um, and he saw him. He's like, no, like you need to go to a spoken word open mic and check that out. So when I started to go to the open mics, um, I don't know if you knew at the time, um, Chris, Chris Adderley used to mm. host Chris, yeah. at the balcony. Yeah. Right, right. And that oh, was you, a, you're a veteran because I'm in my school during those days. You're a, you're a veteran. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm an early 2010s vet. Like, mm. I was a part of that. I was a part of that scene where spoken word was slowly picking up again because, you know, in the early 2000s, it was like that poetry jam. And then you had um, Crab and all of like those poets who would have a lot of open mics at that time. Now, I don't know about that part, but the, around the 2010s, it started started picking back up again. And then you had um, hosts like Chris Adderley, who did Listen 242. You had um, Art Is, um, and I think that was run by Nadine at the British Colonial Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you had a lot of, you had a lot of um, spoken word open mics picking back up again. So that was the first open mic I went to. I met a lot of... Um, spoken word poets that I became friends with and I just I think I I think I fell in love with the whole environment the whole scene everyone was cool um and I would just go every week I would give him my five dollars every week just page <laughs> with my a little donation little donation yeah and I had my little notebook at the time I used to be like stunned I was afraid to perform I used to be like shaking with the notebook and I said, you know what? I'm just gonna start memorizing and perfecting my craft, and it just started from there. At what point did you get over? That? I mean, because you've been in this ten years now, you probably shouldn't be afraid anymore. What point did you really get over that fear? I think you always, you always get nervous. Like new crowds, new events, different people, different locations, different countries. You are, you're always going to be nervous because it always feels like the first time, especially if you're performing a new poem. Um, so I would say that I, you know, I struggle with anxiety, so I never really get over the anxiety. I just manage through it. So I've learned to manage through it better. I've learned to um, prepare myself better, pre prepare my voice, um, pr 
prepare what I'm um, performing, so memorizing, finding ways to um, rehearse. So I, I managed through it that way, but still a little, still a little scary. So take me through your process of like um, writing the poem. I know some people who sit in the dark room, some people in my days like candles, like what's, what's, I mean, I've talked to so many what? Artists, but, Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard, I've heard of all this. I'm always curious to know um, the career process. I know like um, Adria, when she said she has to sit in a dark corner in a, in a studio and uh -huh. write, I know someone who has to be, it has to be a pitch black room and they just like, they say it at first then they go come out and write it down. So what's, what's your process of creating a poem? Honestly, um, a lot of my poems just come to me. Like I may be, I think what I need a lot is I need a lot of space. I need to new environments to get out of the house and I need, um, silence. Like I can't, I don't, I don't want to hear a pin drop. Like I just want it to be very, very quiet. Um, so for me, uh, it's not a particular, like I need candles, I need incense, but um sometimes if i'm blocked i'll just go on a drive and i'll just drive and i'll think and you know do you play do you play anything or you just said the the nature sounds that you i don't really yeah i don't really like music like that um sometimes on, like I mean in general or when you create music? no not in general i oh, love oh. hold on i love i, I was about i was about to end the stream i was like goodbye <laughs> no, 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 no 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 but you're but you're a band though right yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, yeah, on my mom's side, my mom's side, they're bands. And nice, if you know nice. anything about the bands, they're a very musical family. Yes, like, yeah. yeah, my grandfather used to perform with Blind Blake. Um, he used to oh, play yeah. the bass, and his father was a music teacher. So, awesome. Awesome. yeah, never that. <laughs> um, so I love music. I do. Um, if I'm trying to evoke an emotion, I will play music to get myself in that emotive state. But if I'm already in that state where I'm writing something, I don't want to hear anything. I just want to right. hear my voice. And what made me be able to memorize well um, is the fact that I would write, I would rewrite. So as I, as I start a stanza or as I start a verse, I will fix that up and write it over again. So by the time as I'm finished with the poem, I already know the poem by heart. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of like my process. So just so so, you, so right now as a eleven year eleven year veteran, do you still have to go up and like take a pod or a phone, or you you so good with your process now? You just go like that. Well, if I just wrote the poem and I I didn't take the time to memorize or perform it, I would take my phone. I wouldn't shake anymore. Yeah. Um, but most of the times, I would say probably give me. I would say like give me a day like give mm -hmm. me a full day to be able to memorize it and rehearse it and re repeat it to myself so speaking of music today is a very good day for me because kendrick lamar dropped his album after five years so that's what i'm listening to what what what, what do you play outside of trying to, to, to um, get inspiration for a current piece what just in general what's what, what is your soundtrack like in general, lately, I think that a lot of my soundtracks have been soul, soul, R&B. There's like this resurgence of uh, new artists and their, and their interpretation of like R&B in the 90s. So I love Ogerian. Um I love um, Brand Fayaz. Um, oh, you, you, you little toxic there, I think. Cool, huh? I, think cool, huh? I understand. 
he has a great voice, man. He just <laughs> does. Yeah, um, fuck, fuck the world. Like, like just how he, how he, but the song, like, not the lyrics, fuck the world. The song, fuck the world. Like, how he humming in the background. I yeah. think that's so genius. His vocal stacking and everything. Yeah, I like yeah. people who have very haunting voices. Aaliyah right. Potter is someone that I listen to a lot. Um, so, and I'm always finding new people. Sometimes when I just want to get work done, I listen to like a French soul playlist. Mm. So that's mostly me. Lindsay, I've been playing a lot of Lucky Day because you know, he, he sampled um, Half Crazy on Over. And Half Crazy is like my favorite neo soul song of like all time. Mm. So, yeah, I haven't gotten the chance to fully get into Lucky Day. Like I've mm. listened to some of his things mm. and I'm like, he's dope, but I need yeah. to like, Sit down and listen to the full catalog. Right. So, yeah. what about so the spoken word scene? Like I said, over the years I've been to a lot of spoken word shows. Who are your favorites outside of yourself, of course? Like, who do you like to go and maybe either take inspiration from, or you just like get um, or you just like to like maybe study them to see how they say things, or just talk to me about that? Because I know like everything like there's a spot. Like I watch other people do interviews just to like, like pick up trips. So I'm, I'm sure you as an artist, as a poet, you listen, mm-hmm. to, you will listen and watch other spoken word artists to be like, okay, I like that. I yeah so i was just thinking about this the other day because someone had asked me in a previous interview my favorite poet and i don't know why it didn't didn't come to mind because i'm always reading different people but now that i got a chance to think about it it's definitely alicia harris um Mm -hmm. when i first started out i think first of all i'm very connected to spoken word artists that can evoke that emotion in me that can move me and Alicia Harris just had the full package. Like she had the voice, she had the she had the delivery, she had the words, she had the storytelling. Um, so she is someone that I always look to in terms of how I approach spoken word and writing and performing. Um, but there's just there's there's so many different people like Jasmine Manns, Sora Howard was a big one. Um, I was able to actually meet like face to face um Joshua Bennett. And like I was That was hair or that was or you traveled? No, this was in Brooklyn at Afropunk. Like he just was standing in front of me and he turned sideways and I told my friend I was like, This this Joshua Bennett and like my friend was so confused, like who is that? Who are you talking about? Yeah. Right, right. So definitely like the whole Strivers Row spoken word group, um, that that collective that shaped a lot of my poetry. But yeah, I also like Amiri Baraka at the time, like his transition from beat poets into just very much like being Afrocentric. Amiri Baraka is a veteran as well. So yeah. So before I get to the, to the reason why you're here, you know, let me just shout out the sponsors so alive. So you have prior bring your own device. So if you like me, you buy like buy a phone from Apple or elsewhere, or if you buy from other people, you get you could buy the phone, but it still comes alive and you get cash back. So just go to um, alive.com because there's any uh any their kiosk, any of their fans, any of their stores, bring your device, you have their postpaid or prepaid, save money. There's no behavior, it's like save money. So you know, bring your own device. Bring your own device, BYOD, save some money. So now, Miss Tanisha Pratt, the, the big bad, big bad circle word. So I used to scroll, so that I like the, so how I um, do my social media is I only follow people about stuff I care about music, sports, film, and people I actually know. So right. I didn't, I didn't realize, I saw you dropped a book. So I said, oh yeah, I gotta get on the show, I gotta get on the show. Because like, the whole point of who that is interviewing young Bahamians who doing anything but the normal doctor, lawyer, accountant. Like if you're doing anything other than that in this field where you have to work so hard, 
to like make a profit i really like to highlight you guys so blue talk to me about everything from white blue the color i really like the cover art i see you launched the whole website just talk love it and I, I i i love that talk even while you did the blue like that just tell me everything and there's no about this book okay how, how can i start this so um blue is it's a timescape of i would say my life and my relationship from 2016 to 2019 um to Put it in short terms, Blue is very much a poetry book that explores how far you would go for love, you know, how far you would go in terms of that and what the struggle is like, um, what is the heartbreak like. And it's also a very introspective book where um, I use poetry, I use essays and prose to be able to reflect back on my behaviors, the decisions that I made, family patterns, um, and even just the trauma, certain things that we go through, especially as women, um, medical trauma, um, sexual trauma that we don't assess, but all of these are linked and connected to our mental health, the decisions that we decide to, to, to make when it comes to um, our partnerships and relationships. Um, and then I even speak a lot to what's going on in the country, because if you're talking about the blues and you're talking about feeling blue and you listen to blues music, blues music is very vast. It's not just about what you're going on and what's going on in your personal life, but it's also what's going on in the environment around you and how it shapes your perspective and how it shapes your just your emotions mm -hmm. so i started this book initially when i um i wasn't writing blue i was trying to write about just female sexuality and i couldn't connect to it and in fact like to be honest i couldn't really connect to anything i wasn't in tune with my body i wasn't in tune with my emotions anymore i was so very detached and so very uh numb to everything mm -hmm. and something just tell told me you know what this isn't the book that you want to write what is it that's really on your heart so blue is very much what was on my heart and i did it to help myself connect with my heart again and connect with my body and be present did, so, you, have, did you have any um <clears throat> i guess fear of being so personal with your life or did i did i ever cross your mind i did because i'm a very i'm a very private person like mind you i'm very outspoken um and loud sometimes but when it comes to i guess vulnerability i don't like to be seen as vulnerable in the public even when i used to write about heartbreak and love before like i wouldn't go into descriptions like you like you wouldn't be able to pinpoint step right yeah. right so um it was scary it was it was it was scary to put myself out there i was afraid of you know like <laughs> just what other people would think. And I mm -hmm. had to come to a point where I just got tired of caring about other people's voice and other people's opinions and just just speak my perspective and speak my feelings because I, I, I would have to have the faith that somebody out there wants to speak their, speak their feelings so bad 
you know, but they might not have the courage to do it yet. Talk to me about the cover art, like who did it yeah. and the, 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 the thinking behind it. Yes, so Wild Logic um, is owned by Edina Chiwei. Uh, she did it. She's an amazing illustrator, just just amazing. Um, and I had initially worked with her in the past on other marketing projects. Mm -hmm. And um, it was important for me to very much work with Black women on this project. So even when it comes down to just the proofreading, when it comes down to formatting, when it comes down to the cover art, like this entire book is supported and shaped by black women and Edina is definitely that um she's based in the UK mm -hmm. um how how you meet up how do you link up with her Instagram like Instagram is heaven sent me like I've met <laughs> so much cool people on Instagram by just the algorithm and you know liking one illustrative page and then everything just come flooding yeah that's that's how right. I do. right much better than LinkedIn and Upwork <laughs> So you um this is like I said you you just focused on this book was came from a point of trying to connect. So now that you have your you had your first baby, you had your first book, you had had the carriage for nine months, you had the baby, you nursed the baby. Do you right. see any more coming? Do you see that in your future? The more books is that something you you want to do? Definitely, definitely. So the project I wanted to start in the beginning, I do want to get back to that. But then that's another level of introspection that I have to tap into. Mm -hmm. Um, in more in more lockdown, so in more quiet at home by yourself, you know, life life happening. So it's, I always find it's very hard to like be introspective when the when life is happening. So you know, like you could just tell the world, leave you alone for two months. You gotta <laughs> you gotta see your family, you gotta make money. So that I I, mm -hmm. I think that could be very difficult to get mm -hmm. to a point where you could like use the magnifying glass to go into that book. Mm -hmm. This book took three years to get here. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I started writing in 2019 and then, you know, so many things happened in this country between that and I went off to school. Yeah, in so, school, COVID. Right, right. So I'm not anticipating like just dropping a book next year, mm. but um, I definitely plan to have more books in the works. And I like the idea of what I'm doing now in terms of working with film and poetry and, and using film um, to be able to come alive. So I did a film with uh, Regan Kemp from 6-7 Multimedia titled mm -hmm. Point Siana, Tell Me to Burn. And that's actually the poem that ends this book. Is um, it yet or you still working on it? It's on YouTube. It's on mm -hmm. YouTube right now. Um, and it's soon. To, it's, it's about to be Point Siana season again. So I'll definitely be circulating it again. Nice. Um, yeah. Along with other stuff. And so what else for the rest of the year? I, I assume I could see you a couple of these spoken word services coming up. So I, maybe um I know um I saw a song where was having something. I see like yeah. you see this on a show, like but can we see you? I mean, you know still kind of COVID, you know, you had a little spike last week, but can we see you out out and perform some yeah. of stuff? Yeah, definitely. I did Travelers Rest. Um that's Michelle Hannah's show out west. Um, I definitely look forward to doing more spoken word shows and soon eventually I'm definitely interested in possibly hosting my own. Please. I, I would say you use a, you, you have a book. You don't, you no longer have to go to people's shows. You can have the, the blue show. Come on now. Come on now, you. you come through and Come you, through live. You, you know, you know you've been this 11 years. You don't, you don't publish. Have your own show. <laughs> let, me, let me open up 
for you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so let's before we get into the people where they could buy your stuff, where they could follow you, where they could watch your video, how they could get in contact with you. Just let them know how they could get, get, get up with you. Yeah, so Nassau Locals, you can get the book at Black Food Shop on Robinson Road or Chapter One. Um, if you're on the Family Islands, just visit my website. Um, I'm doing shipping to the Family Islands in the U.S. on my website. And if you're anywhere else in the world, you can go on Amazon. What's the website, your website? So my website is my full name, Tanisia Pratt, TaniciaPratt.com. I like, I just like simple things, you know? Yeah. I simple, just, just, hey, yes, hey, Google me. <laughs> just, just google me so thank, you so much. thank you so much for coming i will get that book i probably i, I get a pass you'll be every day so i'll probably go shop the one and purchase that um i look forward to seeing you on the show within the next two months if i don't see you something i can bother you uh, two months, i don't see none so thank you this has been who that two for two sponsored by a live shelter the solid studios always producing and see you next week all right bye